Today's scripture lesson comes to us from the 25th chapter of Matthew, verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have, it re- would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me and for me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. A year ago about this time, one of the hottest movies in the box office was Disney's Frozen. This animated and almost instant classic is the story of two princess sisters, Anna and Elsa, and Anna's sidekicks, which include a mountain man, a reindeer, and a very lovable snowman. In the movie, Elsa is born with the power to make ice and snow. 
It is all well and good until Elsa nearly kills her sister as they are playing in a winter wonderland that she made. It leads Elsa to isolate herself from her family and her kingdom, lest she should injure or kill someone else. Eventually, another mishap leaves her kingdom in perpetual winter, and Elsa runs away from her her castle, leaving a young Anna to deal with the aftermath of eternal winter and to eventually save the day. Elsa ultimately finds herself high up in the mountains and alone. As she tries to figure out her unusual power and how to control it, she determines that the only thing that is safe for those she loves is to sever all connections with them. And as she makes this decision, she sings the song that has come to be identified with the movie. It's called Let It Go. And out of that song come the lyrics. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Now this storyline may have started out as a way for Elsa to justify cutting ties with her past. But without letting go of what was holding her back, Elsa could not move forward. She could not get to a point where she could see the good she could do with her power while she was focused on all the harm that she did with it. Elsa had to take a risk in order to grow into the queen that she was born to be. Now, at first reading, the scripture today sounds harsh. It seems to say that Jesus is fair or unfair, judgmental, and absent. However, if we really look at it, I think that there is a let-it-go flavor to the story. The story starts with a very rich man who is planning on going away on an extended vacation. In preparation for his absence, he has to let go. Not only does he let go of his wealth, but also of the control he has over his household. He let go and took a chance on his trusted slaves. Given that one talent was approximately the equivalent of 15 years of wages for a slave in that day, he made all of these men very rich. The rich man let go and gave his slaves the time and the space they needed to prove their worth and to stretch and grow as leaders. The let it go theme is prevalent within the rest of this parable as well. Each of the slaves had to make decisions for themselves about how to handle their newfound wealth. Two of them chose to let it go. They used the windfall that they had received. Perhaps they spent it whining and dining business associates and potential clients. Perhaps they invested it in the Jewish stock market. Perhaps they did something else with it. But whatever it was, these two men let go of their riches in order to let their money work for them. Because of the risks they took, 
Each of them doubled the money they, they were given and were rewarded by their master. The third slave, however, chose to hang on. He was so afraid of losing everything that he couldn't find the strength within, him, within himself to take the necessary risk and let go. He clung tight-fistedly to what was given to him, and in doing so, was unable to open his hands and receive any more. Friends, there is a lesson here for us today. Jesus Christ has freely and generously let go of his riches and his control. He has given us wealth and free will, even if his riches aren't split equally among us, we have all received enough to make us extremely rich. Some of us have received monetary wealth. Others may have received talents of compassion or caregiving or forgiveness. And still others may have received talents of athleticism or musical ability. Whatever gifts we have received... They are enormous, and we are all wealthy beyond measure. Now it is up to us to use our free will to figure out how our talents work and how we are going to use them. Jesus loves us and has given us the space and the time to stretch and grow so we can figure out how to best use what he has given us. One day, Jesus will come back to claim his own. When he does, he is going to expect an accounting of his riches and what we have done with them. For now, our talents are our responsibility. We know what we need to do. We have two choices. We can let them go or we can hang on to them. The decision is ours to make and much of it will depend on our attitude. If our attitude is one of jealousy or resentment, seeing that someone else got five talents and we only got one, or if it is fear and distrust that there's an ulterior motive, we will be paralyzed. We will hold so tightly to what has generously been given to us that we will be unable to believe that it was given out of love and generosity with no strings attached. We will turn away from the risk, turn away from our God, and bury our treasure. Alternately, our attitude can be one of love and thankfulness for our bounty, one that drives us to let it go and willingly share it with others, where it will be magnified and multiplied for God's glory. God has provided all of his children with tremendous treasure. It is treasure that is freely given simply because we are unconditionally loved by a generous, merciful, and grace-filled God. In this story from Matthew, Jesus told his disciples, and he is telling us today, that we are expected to do something with our treasure. He wants us to let it go 
and risk losing everything to entrust it to others so that it can be exponentially magnified. Growth is not possible if we just bury our treasure and sit on it. Isn't this the way of faith, too? Too often we want to hang on to what we have. We, we become too careful in it and up, end up hiding and, prote- hiding and protecting a faith that should be shared with others. We turn our church into a social club rather than a hospital for the sick or a place of love and forgiveness for the sinner. Faith is not meant to be kept close to the chest or buried in the sand where it will be starved and die. Rather, it is meant to be given away and shared where it will grow and be nourished. Faith is not static. It requires action and movement. It requires us to let it go and to take risks, making ourselves vulnerable to others. Growing our faith requires us to get out of our comfort zone and to go to those places where we have to stretch our boundaries and soften our edges. Faithful living necessitates opening our hearts and our souls to relationships. Relationships with our Savior and relationships with other people. It is only when we let go of things to put our faith and trust in God that we are able to take the risks necessary to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God loves each of us unconditionally and gives to us generously. We all have access to his treasure, but it does no one any good when it is smothered and frozen by inactivity. Dig it up. Take risks. Get uncomfortable. Let it go. Let it go. We can't hold it back anymore. God's treasure is for everyone. Let it go so we can grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world. Amen and amen.